I'm getting us all bumper stickers. It's going to be an inside joke. <laughs> Free is yeah. And then put some mysterious symbols <laughs> next to it so someone will think it's like either a religious thing or a stick it to the man kind of some thing. Some like Freemason symbols or Shriner symbles or something like that. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Do it that way. And then just randomly shout it out at like public events. Free is yeah! <laughs> Free is yeah! <laughs> right? I would love it if it just became a thing. I mean, yeah, because free is yeah. Free is yeah. yeah. Free is yeah. Yeah. Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we dug into the sand to pull out worms. Long, long 250 to 450 meter worms. That's right. We watched watched. Tremors. I am so excited to talk about this movie. That was what we were supposed to watch? Yeah. No. It's Kevin Bacon week. It's Dune. Wait, Dune? Dune. Dune. Ah, shit. Yes, the prequel to Um, Tremors, Dune. Wait, how did the... We're in trouble. Do you think the worms are the six degrees of Kevin Bacon for this? Yeah. Oh, definitely. The Graboids. Did he use the same worms? In Tremors is this one? They just reuse props? It must have been in a chapter not covered in the Dune movie, but they had to save some spice for later, and since the spice is the worms and the worms are the spice, you had to hide the spice worms in Tremorsville, USA. So they went back in time? Because Dune is set no. in, like, 10,000 AD. Yeah. Where do you think we are, man? We're 5,000 years short of that? Well, you don't know. Their time might be different than our time. They might have, like, started their calendar back when Boogie Nights was a movie. <laughs> what a terrible time to be alive. They're using star calendars. I mean, Star Wars happened in a galaxy far away a long time ago, so anything's possible. I'm just, I'm concerned because you can't really hide the spice in the way that you mentioned. I was told the only way to hide spice was in your butt, especially when going through airport security. My God. That's that's all I know. That's a spicy butt. It's also where they told me to hide the life water. When you go through the airport and you're smuggling your spice in your butt, do not fart. (laughs) Give yourself away. White sand. (laughs) I don't know what's worse. A cloud of sand coming out or farting and worms come out. Oh, no. I just don't know. Somebody needs some dewormer. I think there's quite a few people who should stop using dewormer right now, Joe. This is the one occasion. This is the one occasion. If you got sandworms in your butt, start start taking some. I don't know if that's gonna help. No. Take care of your <laughs> sandworms. It'll help. It's really good at getting rid of parasites. Uh-huh. Unless the parasite is larger than your body, in which case, sorry. Just keep chucking bottle after bottle at it. Where are you dying? Damn it! I paid so much money for this. You gotta find another baron. You have to smother him in it and then chuck it in the worm's mouth. Maybe you have a shot then. Maybe. So who watched this movie before we uh, chose it to watch it for this... Uh, podcast no i did am i am i the only one i thought i had watched most of this movie and wow did i find out how wrong did you I was. watch the sci-fi like made for tv reboot no 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 i honestly thought i had uh over time saw clips and bits and bobs of this movie to make up a good portion of it and after watching it i realized no, nah, I think I've only really seen two scenes. Maybe two? two and a half. Uh the the Baron being all getting his face poked at. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh riding the worm. Ride the worm. Okay. Those two and it was just him out in the desert, I think. Not the hand in the box scene? No. That certainly uh does not set you up for this movie. No. No, no. I kept waiting to be like, okay, so when am I gonna start recognizing stuff? And like an hour and a half in, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna recognize as much stuff as I think I'm gonna recognize. I was watching this movie and I was looking at things and and Paul came on screen I was like, am I watching a Stranger Things
Kings ripoff because Paul reminded me of Steve <laughs> so much. I have a note what? of that. Oh my god, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I'm very upset that they didn't make a Dune reference to Steve in the Stranger Things movies because mm. it's it's right there. Good point. That is a good point. Yeah, I thought he looked like the kid from that '70s show. He does look a lot like Eric. Yes, it's the hair. It's that it's only the I mean, hair. It's definitely the hair. For those who don't know Kyle's work, he is also Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. Yes. And he is also in Sex and the City and a few other things. That's what I know him from, at least. I thought about it. I'm like, I do know this guy from somewhere. And I just stared into his beautiful face. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, yes. Agent. Twin Peaks. Yes. I know. He, the mayor. Yes, I know who you are. Yep, yep, yep. So, Dan, when did you first watch this? How old were you? I think I was 12. Nice. What did you think of it when you were 12? I rented it purely because it came on three VHSs. Holy shit. So it was a challenge. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like, my parents had every VHS and... Like, I never saw anything past two. That's insane. <laughs> value for your dollar. I think it was three VHSs. They fit Titanic on two, didn't they? Yeah, the Titanic was on two. I think they had, a, like, an extra, like, specials or, like, something on the third one. Ah, no, it's, it's just the Baron the Gurgling. Without special effects. Yeah, without oh, special yeah, effects. Or that. <laughs> it looks... It's, it's basically the same thing, but... Eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember sitting in the uh, the upstairs den watching this movie and being like, "I don't know what's going on. Well, I, that's cool. We're we're in a desert, and this guy has superpowers and can ride worms. <laughs> Neat. Oh, you got to the end of the movie before you were uh, confused. Oh no, no. There was there was so much confusion. There still is even <laughs> yeah. now. That's a even good now. way to describe this. It's it's just a confusing trip. I so I, I went out and and was looking at different reviews of this movie after I watched it the second time in the last three weeks, four weeks, three weeks. <laughs> Roger of Roger and Ebert had a, a a blog post about this movie. I forget when he posted it, but he's just like this movie is like a dream. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It may or may not be interconnected. It is it is like a dream, and then goes on to dump. All over this movie. Didn't you give it a one out of five? Something like that. I don't even remember. It wasn't good. He said he had never seen he'd never seen such a terrible screenplay or, or something along those lines. Like it was just basically bashing the fact that it was completely incoherent. The pacing was wow. one of the worst he's ever seen in any film. And in terms of like the scenes stitching together, it just made literally no narrative sense. I don't blame him, but again, this is also problematic for the time period, because if you look at it, it was 1984. It came out after the third Star Wars. Yup. Star Wars uses familiar terms and people could identify with it, like blasters and, you know, lightsabers and, and, you know, things like that. This movie has a very unforgiving vocabulary. (laughs) The book has a freaking dictionary in the back, or one of them. Yeah, I I don't even remotely doubt that. It's I haven't read the books, but I could see how this is incredible. This, to me, when I first started watching it, it was was like, it gave me the same vibes that I got from the very first time I sat down to play Mass Effect. It's like, holy shit, there's a dictionary that's building alongside the game while I'm playing because there's so much to, to experience and so much knowledge and so much lore. I'm like, this is great. I was really jacked about it, but the bigger problem is is 1984. Like you said, Star Wars was already out, and it was easy for people to identify with. This was not as much so. But also, Blade Runner. When did Blade Runner come out? Um, I want to say late 80s? No, 82. Yeah, Blade Runner came out beforehand. Yeah, I'm wondering if this was also a direct uh, result from Blade Runner as well. Because it just seemed like at that time, studio heads thought people were stupid, and they wanted to dumb down movies as much as possible. So with Blade Runner, we infamously got the theatrical cut in which the theatrical cut was uh voiceover to hell with very bored actors who didn't want to do it because they knew how stupid it was and two years later we get dune which was supposed to be a three-parter or a two-parter at least but people were signed on for three parts and it was completely hacked to shit by the studio executives to the point where the director doesn't even want to be associated with it anymore so i feel like the early to mid 80s were a terrible time for cerebral sci-fi adventures (laughs) Everybody wanted that that cool kid with the space gun. (laughs) Just make that again. To take up a contrary point on this one, the movie did introduce uh, narrative as well as the inside voice talking, which if I didn't watch this movie with uh, subtitles Mm -hmm. the first time, I would be so confused as, like, who the fuck is talking? Yeah, that's that's (laughs) a note I have. Yeah, it gave me like, it gave me major Blade Runner vibes with with the voiceovers because it, it's jamming so much into the movie that I'm assuming that the studio was terrified that people wouldn't be able to follow along, like they wouldn't be able to tell who was talking, who was doing this, who was doing that.
that. In some scenes, it's necessary, but yeah. It, without the voiceovers, <laughs> I think this movie might be unwatchable. Yeah. Just because it is... <laughs> I could see that. ...such an expedition dump of like, oh, this is why that character is going to do that. Like, otherwise, everything would be out of left field, more so than already. Yeah, I, I mean, to your point, it was two full minutes of exposition at the very beginning of the movie. It's Which... <laughs> the beginning of the movie, it really doesn't do you any good setting up. So I can't remember who she is. Was that Jessica? I don't know. No, that was the... Why was she fading in and out of of the video? No, that was the Emperor's daughter. Jessica oh, was the Emperor's daughter. Emperor's daughter. Who you doesn't know. return until like the very last scene. Oh no, she's at the beginning, gets rushed off scene. Yep. And then at the very end, she's just standing Yeah, she's there. one of the Bene Gesserit like leaders. Jessica's the Emperor's daughter. Oh, and then we have Sean Young coming in later on in the movie, and I can't even remember what her character's name was. But, um, <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't. But I feel like the best way to describe this in a relatable sense is it feels like somebody sits you down to watch Game of Thrones and literally explains the entire plot, who all the characters are, what houses they're all from, and everything before you start watching the very first episode <laughs> instead of letting it actually take care of it. Yeah. And that's that's the difference with this. Dune is massive. The series is massive. There's so much to put into a movie. There's no way in hell it ever would have worked going into one single film without the things that they had to do, which I get it. It sucks. But at the same time, it's like some of it is a necessary evil just because there's so much overwhelming information. You can't take something like that and abridge it down. I say with Mass Effect, it makes sense. You are mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. You are... You're kind of discovering the stuff as you go through. You are using the terminology as you go through. Mm-hmm. And you have 30 to a limited amount of hours that you can spend in this video game to figure out what's going on. Yeah. This movie is going to drag you kicking and screaming through... <laughs> all of this terminology and just be like, oh, you didn't stick? Well, good luck. it is again. <laughs> Sorry, guy. <laughs> and in the last minute, we're going to throw a new word at you again. Whee! I still don't know what <laughs> Kyle's character's name was towards the end of the film that he has given. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce it. Modine? <laughs> the M word. It wasn't the Modine or Cool <laughs> Modi or whatever he was, but it was something else. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's better than Paul. It's better than Paul. That just... I, I heard all. Oh, my God. When, okay, we're, we're getting way in the weeds here. We got we to rein it back in, because I got things to say about that as well. So I never actually watched this movie originally, just because on the cover of the movie, somebody had blue eyes, and I said, oh, that's just way too odd for me. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> the entire reason why I didn't watch the movie. And it's probably for... I don't know. I probably would have enjoyed this younger... However, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, I, I wonder how I would have reacted differently if I had seen this movie earlier. So I always knew it was a thing. I always knew that some people thought it was like this amazingly prolific sci- sci-fi adventure. And then other people thought it was just a steaming pile of crap. And I, I never really found anybody who was middling in between those two opinions. Hello. So I never really got around to watching it. <laughs> There's Dan. I, I, until I met Dan. But... Um, cause Dan, you're the one who recommended we watch this. And I was really excited because I'd always wanted to watch this movie. Always. It's just, I never sat down to do it. And I don't know. It was mostly just indifference. It was, yeah, I guess someday I'll watch Dune. Yeah, I guess someday I'll read the books. I just, I, to me, I was so burnt out after the Star Wars reboots and everything. It's just like, I don't really give a shit about sci-fi for a while. But then Blade Runner, t- uh, came out, the, the, the sequel and it was, really damn good and i loved it and it kind of sparked that interest in it again for me but i don't know like prometheus kind of burned me out and all the star oh. wars sequels burned me out because instead prometheus of prometheus got way overhyped prometheus was massively overhyped it was ridley scott turning into george lucas and kind of just twiddling around with stuff that he's already done but for me i've always wanted to see this film when it started it started hard and like i i got excited during that initial two-minute voiceover and then all the explanation and exposition into the point where Kyle's in his uh, his room, I actually paused it, went and popped a big ass bowl of popcorn, sat down. I even said to said to my wife, I said, Nicole, I'm really excited. This movie's only two minutes in, and already it's probably one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And I feel like all of that faded away by the time they started to go to Arrakis. <laughs> so I, it it, uh, it was uh, it was an experience. I, I can't wait to talk about it. But yeah, this is uh, this has been a long time coming. I've always wanted to see this movie. I really grew to love David Lynch stuff, um, probably like five, six years ago. Uh, Binge-watched all of Twin Peaks two, three times. 
Mulholland Drive, things like that. It's just, there's a lot I love. I just hadn't gotten around to seeing this, and it was hard for me to want to, knowing the fabled history of how much he wants to be separated from this film. <laughs> let's let's rein it back into the point of... <laughs> I barely need to do a summary after what we just said, but the summary is <laughs> there's a bunch of politics happening, and they want to murder people to get control of the spice, and they fail. Done. <laughs> Movie summarized. <laughs> The thing that I have with Lynch is that he's really good at other genres of media. Yes. Sci-fi is not something he can really wrap his head around. And I don't blame him. Like, this this really, like, this movie really soured the entire genre for him. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. And if you look at this movie, the strongest points are, hands down, the grotesque. Yeah. I mean, the points where the Baron's being, you know, worked on and uh, the baby being born, the fetus later on in the film. Like, there's a lot of good shots that are so freaking Lynch, it's unbelievable. And then there's just a lot that you can tell that he just wasn't really (laughs) putting his all into or really didn't care enough, I guess. I I don't know how to put it. Or wasn't allowed. Or wasn't allowed to. That's the other thing. That's the big issue. That's the bigger issue is the the studio interference. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll never get a director's cut from him which makes me very sad maybe the reboot will be better it's looking good i i did watch the trailer again before we did before we sat down to record and i now having watched the original watching the trailer like i got super freaking excited yeah because it looked like everything i had just experienced but just through a different different viewfinder and it was I, i can't wait and Dennis has this work of making things look so freaking gorgeous that literally you could take any single still from the movies he creates and throw them in an art museum and, and they'd be a passable gallery piece. It's just, his cinematography is, in my opinion, second to none. Blade Runner was absolutely gorgeous every single frame. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see it just for the cinematography alone. Let I mean, if it, if it turns out to not be a good movie... At least it'll be a beautiful movie. <laughs> I don't know. IGN already put a rating out for it. <gasps> it's happening? Oh, the hype train started Choo-choo! like a week or two ago. <laughs> I don't know if I want to... I don't know if, like... I saw it. I read the, the tag for their why they rated it, why they did. And I, I, I don't want to, like, go back and look at it because it's going to color my view of the movie when I go to see it. Because I'm going to go see it. Yeah. That was decided a year ago. When it was originally supposed to come out, was it supposed to come out like Christmas of 2020? Something like that, yeah. It's been pushed quite a bit. <laughs> it's really going to be a problem with Hollywood. If they keep on pumping up movies more than a month ahead of time of being released, and you're like, well, okay, we already know everything we need to know about this movie. Let's not watch it. They need to calm their jets. Like Ghostbusters Afterlife? I'm not paying attention to any of the... Uh, any of the hype. I, I got the original trailers and stuff, mm-hmm. and then I just put it on the back burner and be like, all right, let me know when it's out, because I am, I am here for this. <laughs> I think I need to just get in that mentality, for sure. It was it was kind of a cool experience, though, because I can't say this happens frequently, where I had just literally watched the original Dune, and then watched the trailer for the new Dune, and gotten super stoked because I was seeing something familiar. That's cool. Katie and I watched original Dune, and then like two or three days later, we went and saw Shang-Chi in theaters, and they had the trailer for Dune, and she looked over at me, and she's just like, how much of the movie are they remaking? Because this looks really familiar, and I'm like, that's what I'm super excited about, Katie. Because <laughs> they haven't announced part two yet. Right, right. Like that one time where they uh, released a Pennywise movie, and then at the end of the movie, it was the first time you heard about the fact that they're going to make a second one. Or I'm going to keep bringing it up with that Remo Williams movie with, with Fred Ward. How at the end it said something along the lines of we'll see Remo Williams return in and then the the film tanked and they never made a sequel. Uh They did that with Clerks. At the end of every Clerks it says we'll see you again in the next Clerks. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Alright, so what do we want to do first? I'm going to open this up to the floor. Do we want to do what we like first or what we what we uh, got our feathers ruffled by first? I think we should start easy. There's a a lot of light. I really think that Toto is underrated. (laughs) What a shock. I was actually pretty I happy. see Toto on the freaking credits. It's like, what? I've watched this movie less than a dozen times, and I had no idea. I had never put, never, never caught the fact that Toto did the soundtrack. And that's because I never freaking watched the opening credits. I'd always skip ahead. <laughs> I was I was on pins and needles watching the opening credits because I, I was even turning to Nicole and I was like, I wonder if his name's still attached to it. And sure enough, David Lynch screenplay and then David Lynch director. I was like, oh, okay, so this is that version. <laughs> yeah, David Lynch all over the uh, front of the credits. Mm-hmm. You think he uh, 
That was his greatest masterpiece or something. Yeah, I've, I've heard in subsequent cuts that he's removed his name and they've used that Hollywood moniker. I can't remember what director it is, but it's a it's a, it's a a name for when directors don't want to associate themselves with the film anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like a staple name. I can't remember who it, it is, exists. though. Yeah. Yeah, we've actually talked about it on this on this. Uh, That's right. That's right. And, uh, I can't remember what it is. That was a while ago. It's something basic. I just can't remember what. But, yeah, I mean... To me, there's a lot to like. I I like. I, I think right away Nicole's taken back by the the crudeness of the 3D animation of the of the shields when they're having the knife fight. <laughs> I liked it. I can't. I can go back and watch like the original Tron, and I can't get into it. I don't like. I, I just don't like the animation, and I know how old the movie is. I know how groundbreaking it was for the time. I can't see past that right now. But for this, for some reason, I, I wasn't turned away from that. I thought it actually looked really cool. I mean, yeah, it's really blocky, but it did its, it's purpose. It's really blocky and really corny. It is very corny, but I loved it. I loved it for what it was. I was like, this makes sense, and it's really cool. I like this a lot. They turn into <laughs> Minecraft Steve. Yep. <laughs> yeah, or Roblox or something crazy. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the designs of this film. I, I liked that. I liked a lot of the suits. I liked a lot of the ships, everything else. Like, There's some spaceships that looked a little stupid. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 overall design wise, the world of Dune through this lens, I thoroughly enjoyed and was very eager to see more, and that's including the shields, that's including all the weapons, everything fun. I I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, when they started off and the people are getting off the ships and uh, they are panned out and you see that giant ship and you could see them walking out mm-hmm. and like some smoke coming off. And I had to rewind that a couple times to be like. There's something off about this. Like, there's probably part of this that's a matte painting or something, but there's a lot of smoke and stuff going on in the background. I, I'm really curious whether or not this is a huge set piece or how they accomplished that. It looked really good. Yeah, no, it, it gave me William Falcon vibes. Like, it, it looked that good. It looked like people were literally stepping off of a ship, and I couldn't see the movie magic behind it. I mean, yeah, I'm right with you that it could have been a matte painting, but it, it was so seamlessly done. I, I loved it. I like the guys in garbage bags that <laughs> cart in their super bean train. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then having the, the speaker guy with his giant oversized microphone. Yes. Where you can hear him speak his own language and it translates. I loved that. That's that such a good really attention cool. to detail. That's something you don't normally get to see. Chef kiss. Mwah. Yes. Um, but then on top of it, I'm like, they're in. They roll on in. They make demands. They shout at this, the emperor of the universe the or emperor. whatever the hell he is. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they have their janitors already working, cleaning up after themselves. They're so courteous <laughs> to come in there and make demands and then clean up after themselves. Yeah, I'm really so. wondering if that's something to do with the book. Like they can't leave that there, otherwise. You know, something to control the mind of this weird space if you get its goo. Or maybe it's like extra spice. Or maybe maybe it's more simple. Maybe they just don't want somebody to slip. They don't want somebody to slip and be responsible. Um, <laughs> the thing in the tank is human. I'm sorry, what? I thought they said it was a super bean. The giant tick? Yeah, human. Yeah, when that tank opened up, I was very happy. The, the navigators are human that have been... Oh, changed by the spice if, if i remember correctly okay so, see learn something cool. outside of the movie because you'd have to read books they explain otherwise. it <laughs> it's in it's in there, the there's a lot what? of that yeah though. like they explain in the in the in the ex in the exposition there, there's a lot of explaining oh no no yeah i remember them saying that spice has changed people, i heard that too but i didn't i didn't, they didn't hear them say it turned you into a giant thing <laughs> Yeah, that didn't equate in that epilogue or prologue. A, or nav- a guild navigator is a senior rank of artificially super evolved human beings within the mm. spacing guild. Cool. Mutated through the consumption and exposure huh. to massive amounts of the spice melange. I like that. And keep in mind, me saying cool was sarcastic, but oh. I could possibly get behind it but not right now. I, I like the little movie details like that, especially ones where supplemented from the readings from books and things like that. It, it just makes more sense. Well, that's, that's cool. That's right. That's that's off the Dune wiki, so... That's cool. I like that. I mean, this is such a big, vast, lush world. It, I think that's my biggest point of frustration with this whole thing, is that you can clearly see how big this is supposed to be. And even at one point when the movie was starting, like 20 minutes in, Nicole turned to me and said, I feel like this should have been 
as big or bigger than Star Wars. And I was like, I was the plan. fully agree. That <laughs> yeah. was the plan. Like, you can absolutely see they that. put everything in one movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you do it. <laughs> like, the Dark Tower series. Yeah, the Dark Tower series. We, we don't talk about that movie. Why, why does this keep happening, though? Like, why are we so hell-bent as a society to make things that shouldn't be trilogies or sagas into trilogies and sagas, and then the things that should be, and that are, like, absolute diamonds in the rough, we just turn into complete, complete crap by condensing it down to one? Because we're a society of consumers. But that's just it. It's like everybody's willing to throw faith into turning The Hobbit into three movies. <sighs> everybody's willing to turn faith into, you know, pumping out cut copy repastes of, of Marvel movies over and over again. It's like, it's nobody's willing to take a chance on a single movie because all they want to see is the dollar signs of a franchise that's safe. And that's that's so frustrating because the only reason those franchises exist is because somebody gave them a chance to begin with. It's like The Matrix, it's like Jurassic Park, it's like everything else. It's just like, you throw a lot of money at the first one, if it sticks, cool, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But you don't skimp on the first one, and then get mad when you can't milk it for an entire property to have it become a thing. Warner Brothers really screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> this should have been huge. Ugh, makes me mad. It still has a chance to be huge. Yeah, it, it, does. it does. It does. It does. And I'm really hoping that the new one really takes it. But yeah, that's just... It annoys me to no end, because she picked up on that right away, and it's just like, exactly, that's exactly how I feel about it. Like, there's a lot to this. It feels like we only scratched the surface with this movie, and that frustrates me. I think that the Baron is a great middleman villain. Yes. He's not your typical mustache-twirling villain, but he is clearly... Out for his own interests. <laughs> it's pretty cool. He's Dr. Eggman. Yeah, yeah. And it's very <laughs> clear he's not top tier. Yes. It's, he is not top tier. <laughs> he's he's being used the whole way through, but he's such a slimy, greasy, quite literally, boily dude that it's like, cool, he, he oozes literally the idea of a sleazy, back alley, like, small-time slumlord kind of thing. <laughs> the spacing okay, guild's the bad guys. Well, let's be honest. Did you really have to get so goddamn literal with that? If ever I don't go back and watch this movie, it is solely because I don't want to watch his pustules get, get lanced. I feel like that was Lynch at his finest. <laughs> I feel like that was necessary for this movie. <laughs> I wanted to see more of the drained fluid, but they never went back to it. Yep, I would be completely out at that point. I uh, I would love an extended <laughs> cut with just like an hour of them draining fluid from the Baron. The Baron going about his business on a daily basis, just getting fluids drained. Nope. He would like the Baron cut. The Baron it's cut. just getting fluids drained and yanking heart plugs. <laughs> yeah, what he's doing during the whole movie, but, you know, it's just the Baron hanging out. He Occasionally he gets stirred up and he's like, what? What's happening back there? Speaking, speaking of heart plugs, he says it's common uh, common for everyone to get fitted, but uh, the Sting didn't have one. What's up with that? Yeah, that was that was a holy shit moment that made me really excited. I mean, I'm watching the movie. It's it's starting to kind of be like, oh, I love this scene. It's it's really wacky, and then all of a sudden, dude walks on screen. I'm like, is that is that Sting? <laughs> I just stop and Google it, and sure enough, yeah. I do like that Sting gets like this like evil guitar riff yes. when he he comes on screen you're like yeah that's gonna be he's the man that you're gonna have to watch he's darth for. vader he's gonna he's be darth like vader. darth maul of the movie <laughs> and then then they hit another chord and then like tubby mcgee walks out and i'm like oh he's he's supposed to be someone i'm supposed to be afraid of and i apologize for calling him tubby mcgee he's like the strongman competition type guy you know He's not. He's not slim or slim. He's not he just, lean. Yeah, he's, he's bulk, the yes. bulk. He's bulk man, and that doesn't play in this at all. This is not like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or anything like that. So it just made me chuckle. To be fair, whenever there's something that a general needs to do, it's always that guy doing it. So like he's he earns his keep for this for his job. Yeah, he's way more in the movie than Sting is. That's true. Yeah. But to be fair, Sting didn't want to be in the movie. What? He said he was only doing the movie as a favor to David Lynch because he... he I, I can't remember the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of he knew that something that Lynch was doing was going to be significant or something along those lines. So he didn't want to be in the movie. He didn't want to be in something that was going to be like out there for everyone to see, but he did it 
as a favor, essentially, to Lynch. And then he put himself out there for everyone to see. <laughs> yes, indeed. Get a steam bath on screen with a big boil man kind of hovering around you going, Yes! <laughs> yes! And everybody just throws their Dude. garbage into a, a vat of boiling liquid. Everybody in this movie just loved being so dewy. Yes. This was definitely, for for being called Dune and being about the sand in the desert, everybody was very moist. (laughs) Their desert suits are also... Yeah, the still suits are... Chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. You can't design them better today, in my mind. No, this... They look awesome. I don't know. Have you seen the still suits for the new dude? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find out. What I'm getting at is, I think these uh, suits would work if they were introduced in a movie today as being something futuristic yes. and working the way they explain it. Completely it does agree. not look like yes. it has yes, aged. Yes. Completely agree. It looks like something out of a video game. It looks like Mass Effect. It looks like something crazy. It looks great. I love it. It looks like a puffy winter jacket and now I'm just going to be looking at people with their puffy winter jackets being like, is there pee in your jacket? <laughs> yeah. It's filtered. <laughs> now, that's a great juxtaposition though with this. You have... You have these really amazingly designed futuristic suits that, like you said, Joe, they look like they could be plucked in. And if you had somebody who hadn't seen the last 20 years of films, all of a sudden sit down and watch this, they'd think, yeah, it looks futuristic. It looks great. It looks like they just came up with it yesterday. Then you have other tech in the movie that's so wildly on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's just like like when they're flying the spaceship and they're pulling up the little, um, uh, they almost look like, what, like 1970s, 1980s uh, uh, microphones up from the stands and things like that. Like there's just, there's a lot of old school things that don't hold up, but those suits, man, those suits were well designed. Yeah. Those are some really cool suits. I'll give you that. If I wanted cheesy 1950s space tech, those microphones would work for me. Yeah. Like flash Gordon, (laughs) what they did chef's kiss to that because they're exactly doing that. They're taking the old school sci-fi stuff and porting it into the 80s. And it was great. And I loved it. This doesn't do... It's, this is not what it set out to do. And yet they still kind of did it here and there. Yeah. I like Picard. <laughs> that was my first explanation. I, 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 I shouted, oh my god, it's Picard when he walked on screen. I'm sorry, Patrick Stewart. It's just, you are Picard. You'll always be Picard. <laughs> uh, well, it's like you guys. You yeah. guys always call freaking Wayne Knight Nedry or Newman. That's <laughs> like the only <laughs> yep. names you guys have yeah. for him. <laughs> All right. Now I, don't, now I don't feel so bad. Or if you're watching Space Jam, he's either one of those because who knows what his name in that movie was. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy because we just watched it. What the hell is his name? <laughs> Stan or something like that? Podoluk. Stan Podoluk. It was Stan? Yes! <laughs> I got you, Wayne Knight. I got you, Wayne Knight. No matter what movie you're in, I'll remember your character. <laughs> but yeah, Captain Picard, he was fun. Or Gunny. Uh, Gunnery? Gunny? Gunny. I, I liked when his hair grew out and it was crazy. It was like, whoa, he's got some blonde hair coming out now. That's cool. I love when he goes and charges into battle with the, uh, em- with, nope, the Baron, nope. The, the Duke. Duke's dog. Captain yes, Crunch? Strapped to his chest. Yes! Yes! Like, when the, when Holding the dog in one hand and gut in the other, said for the Duke, mm-hmm. uh, not Duke. Yeah, Duke. When we first saw that dog, when 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 Kyle was holding the dog, or Paul in this movie, when Paul was holding the dog in his lap on the ship, I thought for probably about a good minute, something's off with that dog. Is that just like a puppet? But then when the dog actually did lap its tongue in, and then it came right back out and started huffing again, I'm like, oh shit, that is a real dog. <laughs> so I was really excited when that dog came back up later on, cradling Patrick Stewart's arm. That's really cool. You know, baby Bjorn into battle. <laughs> I don't remember seeing the dog after that part in the movie, though. No. When he runs into Stuart <laughs> in the desert, he no longer is holding the dog. Yeah, we can probably assume how that end. They nicknamed him Thumper and sent him <laughs> out into the uh, sands to get some worms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, what are some things that uh, ruffled our feathers with this movie that didn't quite This movie doesn't hold your hand for a goddamn second. No. It's not as bad as Transformers, where it's just like... it's not. Somebody puts you into a room with strobe lights and starts banging on all the walls with hammers for an hour straight. (laughs) But this movie, it's, it's got some moments where it slows down, but yeah, like... If you don't know the lore, if you didn't pay attention to the brief synopsis at the beginning, you're you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. Or if you just if you stop paying attention for like three minutes, 
It's done. Oh my god, can you can you imagine somebody going to use the bathroom during a theatrical screening of this and coming back? <laughs> <laughs> they pull up the app on there, Winnicott used the bathroom like three months from now. Because god did it feel like this movie dragged. Yeah, it did. It really did. It, it really only did. Two minute, two hours and sixteen minutes or something, but Yeah. I started it late last night and I paused it because I was like, it feels like an hour or so has gone by. And when I paused it, there was still about fifty to fifty to an hour left. And I'm like, holy shit, it's it's like midnight already, so it's going to be going on 1 o'clock by the time I'm done with this movie. And I just couldn't fathom how it was going to go. So kids, if you want your youth to feel like it lasts forever, put this movie on. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and to go hand in hand with that, obviously it isn't, I, I would not blame Lynch for this. Uh, it's the studio executives, obviously, but the pacing, holy shit, the pacing. This is one of the most insane movies I think I've ever seen in terms of pacing and in terms of just general, like... Plot moving? Yes, I mean, it's just... Like, where, what the hell? It's just like, everything's attached to ropes, and it's like you have a madman just yanking on the ropes to bring the next thing into frame. It's just like... <laughs> All I'm seeing is is the scene from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Pedro. Oh. <laughs> yup, yup. And that kind of thought gets summed up very well with, okay, uh, he gets... Spoilers. Um, caught up by, <laughs> I'll just call them the sand people, the, the Fremen or whatever. Fremen. 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 So they get caught up by them. He sees the lady that's been in his dreams and she's like, hey, this is my name. I'll bring you back down there. Cool. All right. And then when they connect back up, they're like, hey, we got a new name for you. Yeah, name. Here you go. Oh, it's the name from my dreams that I told them to call me, so self-fulfilling prophecy. But uh, <laughs> then, it's, then it cuts into a little montage, and they're like, two years later... And him and that lady are making out. Oh my god! I completely they glossed over. Joe, that. you completely jogged my memory. Yeah, I forgot entirely that there was a there was a time jump until you said that. I forgot that it said two that. years. Yeah, I was wondering why all of a sudden he's making out with Sean Young. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, did I miss something? You did don't I look destroy away? Destroy the entire spice production in in overnight. You gotta you gotta take that stuff <laughs> slow. I guess it's yeah. a big. He had planet. to train all of those fremen and how to use a weapon that they never explain exactly how it works, other than the fact that it uses sound. And Correct. I I get that. That's just the best encapsulation of how this movie took something bigger, the novels crammed it together as hard as it could and then said oh we can do without this and we can do without that and we can do without this and we'll skip over this skip over all of this you know super important character depth we don't need that yeah and it starts getting manic because they don't do the massages that it needs when you do that so like certain movies have taken novels and crammed and skipped but they, the, the trick to doing that is, and this is going to break a lot of people's hearts who love novels, you screw with stuff. What? Yep. So you take characters and you say, I can't, we can't do all of these. We'll take these three characters and make them this one character. Yep. And that's the person that does all these things. And that's how you save time. That's how you crunch things down and how you can smooth over all this stuff but that would not save this movie there is too much being crammed and skipped mm -hmm. if you watched the chernobyl uh documentary on hbo max or hbo yeah, yeah absolutely um, they do the, the same thing female female scientist is actually like eight different scientists yeah you that's a storytelling visually is is like in this medium that's just how you yeah cram things it, it just makes it easier for the the audience and just everybody watching along to be able to, to connect with a single point of contact for reference that condenses all that information down versus it being trailed back to five ten different individuals yep this movie doesn't do it at all i know no it doesn't that's because he wanted to do two movies at least he is gonna do two or three <laughs> And it shows. I mean, it really does. what we experience in this movie absolutely has the power to have two full story arcs in it. But they kind of just erase the the falling point of the arcs and kind of just slam the two together and try to make it work. Where do you feel like it really hit that point? Do you think it was at the point where they did the jump cut for two years? Because I feel like it was chugging along at an okay pace. It had some weird jarring breaks. But then all of a sudden it just, it's its like the thing started sprinting away from me. It would probably should have ended at where they got, um, oh, 
either the first worm that they ran from or just after that with the um the sand people mm, i could probably see around there i could see them meeting the sand people having this moment of tension and then basically having that be the breaking point and then the second movie picks up with him with the sand people basically going through everything training them up and everything else that would have been great that would have been phenomenal and actually establishing a love story versus just saying yeah. their love continued to grow. Like, you used the word continued as if it was already established. Come on, guys. Establish <laughs> it. I mean, they wiped out a full planet's army, at, which they said it's their biggest army they've ever had. And it's just like, eh, it, that, was, that happened. A whole huge army. And I mean, I, I could get deep into the weeds how the Duke should not ever be walking by himself in a dark alley, in a place where they know there's booby traps, where they know there's people that are trying to stop them from doing... They know it's a trap. But, Joe, there's, there's a shield so wall. many reasons. Yeah, shield wall. And he's got the gun <laughs> that shows him if there's any of those haagen people around. Harkonnen? Yeah. But they just oh, had that, the... The syringe wiener Harkonnen. go into his son's room and try and stab him in the but did, eye. But, but he's, did he tell anyone? I, I, I can't remember if he did. He saved that, that one woman, but I can't remember if he told anybody. They found the pilot. That's what it was. Because I, they I, went on high alert and they found the, the pilot. That's what it was. I, I can't, I'm trying to recollect like key moments, but there's like eight things happening in a two minute span. <laughs> well, yeah, because then they killed that lady that like was the, I'm gonna help you guys yeah. tell you who all the the spies are i'm dead and it's like well why did we make her a big character you she said who she was and all this stuff mm-hmm. she stuck out it's like well, that's just some good misdirection moments. good misdirection is it though i guess is it good misdirection <laughs> let's talk about weird misdirection and having the one guy after they introduce that there's a traitor, they have the one guy being like, oh no, they're finding the sabotage devices too early and really freaking out about that. Then it turns out he's not the traitor. Like, or was he? No, he's not. But like, it's such a weird moment to have in the movie. I took it to mean that it was too easy to find what they were finding. Oh, and he was frustrated. Yeah, because we're still going to find a problem. Yeah, there's something else deeper. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I back down. Thank you. The traitor the doctor, though. Yeah, yeah. The traitor doctor. I that was a rough character. Yes. Just because I think again he fell prey to the cramming and skipping. It would have probably made more sense if his story could have got like a flashback or something. Yeah, something setting up his family, or if we could get any kind of explanation as to what the Mentat are instead of just being they're human computers. I didn't even catch that. Oh, it was a very short. They they talked about it when they're in space. Yeah, because the the other wild hair red lipped guy was part of Paul's like entourage. He was also a Mentat, yeah. and he was the one that got the heart plug put in. I'm just, I'm, I'm very confused right now, because I thought Mentats were something from Fallout. So does that mean that the people they who are. made Fallout yeah. are fans of Dune? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I thought using uh, your voice as a weapon was a thing from Skyrim. <laughs> I like, I, well, I like it. it. He's using shouts. I, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, he's God's messenger. <laughs> Where are the dragons? <laughs> exactly. Sand dragons. Sand dragons, yeah. Crate dragons. Sand, sand worms. <laughs> W-Y-R-M. Uh, oh, yes. oh. Better, better than ass worms. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Always better than ass worms. Could be a bumper sticker, would prefer it not be. <laughs> Anything's better than ass worms. <laughs> yeah, this was a very strange paced movie. I've seen movies get kind of crazy with the pacing or not have any pacing drag at all and everything. Yeah, this is It's all over the place. I have to give it props. It's 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 like it deserves its own category almost. It's like it deserves a special spot. Dune pacing. It makes no sense and good <laughs> luck to get to the end. I think they really set you off with weird pacing at the start. That very introduction, I already talked about it a little bit, but there's one more thing where she's going all uh, in and out, in and out, and then near the uh, 
end of her speech, without even taking a breath, she says, Oh, and I forgot to tell you. As if she didn't have an opportunity to say it yet, but she hadn't stopped talking. (laughs) So all she could just drop those words and just say what you forgot to tell us, because you didn't forget. (laughs) You jog my memory. There's, There's at least a couple spots. I wouldn't chalk that up to bad acting, just awkwardly paced, but... There were some points of bad acting that kind of detracted from the movie <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, the guy you were talking about, Joe, I, di- I didn't catch his name, but not the Baron, but the guy who looked just like the Baron minus One all of the stuff generals. On his face. I'll call him his son. <laughs> his son, yeah, we'll call him that. I honestly thought he was the biggest thorn in the movie. Like, he just was in the movie and didn't belong. Every scene he was in, it just felt like he was overacting. Every scene he was in, it just felt like it was just somebody who hadn't really been in something and they were there. It just, it took me out of the movie so much because every scene he was in, it just felt like everyone else was actually acting and this guy, it was just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is that really he, took me he off. didn't have the same kind of presence yes. that the others yes, did. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. He just basically overpowered everything with awkward laughs, but the laughs weren't... I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to zero in on what I didn't like about it. No, him. I know what you're saying, but I, I definitely feel like it was done with that way on purpose to yeah. offset his character from everyone else. Like, he was the muscle, he was the brute, he was the awkward person in the room, but so full of confidence that no one would tell him, hey man, you're kind of awkward. I mean, it doesn't get more awkward than uh, wandering into the room, ripping a cow's tongue out of its mouth and devouring it in front of everyone. Yes. <laughs> That's a Harkonnen thing. It's not explained in the movie. They like really <laughs> like, don't tell. really like draining living creatures of their bodily fluids mm. and eating raw meat. Is that what that steam room was all about? Yeah. He was going off about blood and stuff, and I figured they turned the blood into steam and that was oh, how exciting they did have a blood shower in the first baron introduction scene while he's yeah. flying around to go uh be awkward with the young child's heart plug um <laughs> he, he goes underneath a, a, a leaking blood pipe or something right he's just sitting there rubbing all it all over his face falling and shit. over him i was like what the hell's going on it's just like it's so sudden <laughs> all of a sudden he floats up and he's covered in red it's like what <laughs> What? You're talking about over t- over the top. That is over the top right there. Even Stallone wasn't that over the top. Oh. <laughs> is the skunk stripe in the books too? Because uh, it really seems the way the Hobokins or the Harkonnens. Uh, Harkonnens. Harkonnen. I, I one of these days. The Harkonnen, Harkonnens, they just had all sorts of options that you're like don't necessarily make you a bad person, like having uh, odd hairstyles like that or the pustule on the face, but it seems like they were using that to say, hey, look at these bad people, ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's kind of true. It's like strange colored hair, bad acne. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're the bad guy in Dune. <laughs> if you look pretty and you have blue eyes, you're a good person. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Oh. <laughs> you look pretty and you have supernaturally blue eyes. Aryan race will say. Oh, no. <laughs> Yay. Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> I found it kind of off putting uh, this movie. I, it's been. Uh, this is 1984. It's been a few years since this movie's been released, so I'm sure maybe it wasn't overdone by this point. But there being a person of nobility, a white person of nobility, having to go save a native tribe and be their savior is, uh, yep. you know, the white Jesus story here. Yeah, being the whole overarching thing. I would much rather seen one of the uh, people. One of the local people helped do the rise up. Yeah, like he would have trained like one of the local people to be like the badass. Like I was expecting that one dude with the beard to be like, I don't know. I love how Dune was just all over the place. I feel like the set designer for most of these things took cues from Donald Trump to create them. (laughs) Because they're just so gaudy. Even if they're tiny sets, they just look gaudy. And it's trying to make it like fancy, gaudy space. A lot of the scenes just don't look good because of it. To me. Now, other people may have disagreements. But anything that they tried to make look fancy space, I just was like, 
What is going on with the set design? I was trying to power it out myself, but like the Emperor, I got more of a uh, uh, French Palace of Versailles feel to it. Like they're all in their giant gowns or fancy suits and uh, they got <laughs> mm-hmm. their herds of bulldogs. Yeah, going bulldogs going by. Place. It <laughs> yeah. gave me more of a French royalty vibe to that. So like I'm not necessarily agreeing with you, but they definitely felt like make certain things feel like certain things like that was like uh, royalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and for me, I completely 100% agree with you, Joe. The thing, the scene that sticks out to me the most and the one that I keep thinking back to and it's stuck in my mind because it was that jarring. All the scenes where they're flying out to the miners for the first time, every single thing about the design in that spaceship was every single thing I can't stand. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking back to like the, I, I don't even know how to describe the upholstery in it, the gold framing for everything, mm-hmm. just the thin slender gold radio, just... just Every single thing about the design of that ship just pissed me off, and I'm not sure why. (laughs) It just triggered me to no end, and it's all I keep thinking about, because it's like, I keep thinking about the cool shots. There are some good shots in this movie. And then you get to that ship, and I just don't understand. It just looks so out of place. It looks like you said. It looks like it belonged in Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers or something like that, and it was just, like, plopped in here for no reason. Along the same lines, there's that change of quality in this movie in all sorts of things. There's wonderful acting, and then there's the part where they learn that the Duke has died through uh, psychic whatevers, and she's, like, crushing her face with the thing, and he's Mm -hmm. awkwardly holding the controls because otherwise they're going to crash or something like that, but, like, completely stone-faced and not moving whatsoever. Yeah, he didn't really seem to process his dad dying. (laughs) There's the wonderful (laughs) spaceship that they're walking out of that we talked about already, Mm -hmm. but then... There's the lightning in the background when they're flying on Sand Planet. You see, like, the lightning off in the... I assume it's lightning. It looks really bad. And then, like, (laughs) when the sandworm's coming through, you see the same lightning coming off the sand. It just looks... It looks so bad. And then there's the in-between with the shield, which doesn't look good. There's a lot of really cool stuff. And then they're like, oh, we got to keep doing cool stuff. And so they keep on trying to put things on it. And then they end up putting some stuff on it that just doesn't look right or just doesn't work right. And those things really detracted from the movie for me, but not enough for me not to go back and watch it again another time. The only thing that will do that is the Baron. To me, after watching the movie, I didn't feel like the stakes were clear as a viewer because of how muddy the, the story felt being portrayed to me that certain people that I thought were on board then at certain other parts felt like they weren't on board. Um, these like certain people were underdog, but then you find out that there's so many of them and they're actually like, you know, very skilled at riding giant worms. You know, it's just like understanding where those stakes were. It was like a very up and down thing. Did, did the emperor really even have any power? Really? He just seemed more annoyed. I couldn't tell. He didn't want to have to deal with it. (laughs) And then when he went down there, it's like, oh shit, I guess I'm not the Emperor anymore. And I mean, if maybe they had more time, they could have clarified more details about all these groups of people. Like, I'll call them the witches that everyone had. Uh, Like, how did they fit into society across the universe? They obviously do, because everyone knows about them. You know, I would like more of that detail so I could understand the stakes of when the top witch has to move on, she dies because another witch drinks the water of life, therefore she takes her place. Kind, You know, it's like, wait, all right, so what are the stakes here? Who? How big is this group? Why does this matter? Why is there one lady of this group that doesn't seem to care about that? You know, it's just like, we don't have enough knowledge of the universe to understand the stakes, other than the universe wants the spice and the Fermi want to control the spice. Or get rid of it. We don't know. That didn't even happen. And water is life. Where did they get those giant pools of water from? Did they ever explain that? I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming it just was an elaborate off the wind kind of getting what little moisture there was on the planet. You know, until okay, Paul goes all godlike and makes it rain. That's what gods be like. Destroyed the delicate ecosystem of the planet because (laughs) they've never had rain ever before. And now all of a sudden they're going to fucking drown because nobody knows how to swim. I would assume, though, that all of us would agree that no matter how we feel about this version of Dune, that the 
new version of Dune coming out still plays. I mean, we're on the hype train, I assume, right? We're we're choo chooing our way into this movie. <laughs> I am. Are you saying are we going to go see this new movie? I haven't seen any of the previews or anything, as is my custom. Okay. So actually, I have no idea whether or not. I was actually going to go watch a uh, preview for the new movie just to see if it has any interest to me. But I keep on getting distracted whenever I type in Dune. I start looking at like, oh, hey, look, who's in this other movie? Well, I think 1984 Dune is kind of like the quintessential... God, I know I always Quintessential. pronounce that. Quintus- oh, God, no, I'm saying it wrong. No, y'all got it. This is perfect. Uh, it's the perfect movie to reboot because it's good source material. It still can be very cool. And what we already have has just enough that is kind of not great that you could do something better with it. Agreed. Yep, I'm I'm not upset. This is actually a movie that makes sense to reboot. It's not like the Total Recall where, yeah, yeah sure, some of it was pretty 80s, but as a whole, that movie is already pretty darn good, so you don't really need to do anything with it. This one has some things you can do with. Yeah, it's the same with RoboCop. It's just the studio was getting antsy because the Paul Verhoeven films were expiring license-wise, so they wanted to just make sure they could retain the licenses. So what better way than make a reboot and make a little extra money on the side? Ha ha. They, they're so hell-bent on remaking what was popular, just because there's always that chance that you'll catch a new generation that didn't see it the first time. But it's it's just it's just crappy because there's so many movies that deserve a second chance that don't get it. And I'm really excited that Dune's getting it, and based off of that trailer that we watched, it looks like it's really, really going to hit all the right places. I can hope, anyway. Plus, they'll get rid of all the beards. Yeah. <laughs> Too many beards in this movie. But beards are sci-fi. Beards take water to grow. You can't be doing that. Oh, they might actually work as, like, little moisture cashers. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor savers. Yeah, yeah. Dan, what's your opinion on the reboot? I'm excited for it. Like I said, I was excited to see somebody take a movie that has been known to just be so awful from a cinematic standpoint and have the technology to be able to do what the movie needed like i said there was that the sci-fi channel remake and it was okay but they didn't have the budget to be able to handle something like dune i got the feeling from watching this movie that it just was also kind of made before its time well, aside from the fact that they cram how many different books into one movie i don't know how many books are in the dune series i always thought it was just one giant book there are eight books Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, The God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of Dune, Chapter Houses of Dune, Hunters of Dune, and The Sandworms of Dune. They take chunks, bits, and pieces out of all of those books. I was going to say, I can't tell which one they uh, stopped at, but you're saying it's all out of order. Great. So, does Dune hold up by itself, though? As a a sci-fi story, yes. But because it is such, it is such a poor. It has such poor cinematography. It's a it's a fantastic story, and it's something that, like I said, I will have on when I'm doing other shit. But I don't like. I do not enjoy the movie when I am sitting and watching it from beginning to end. I'm gonna say the opposite of what Dan just said. I love looking at this movie. <laughs> I'll just sit there with it on mute and just watch the scenes. Just kidding. That's. <laughs> There are some beautiful scenes. I, I especially like the uh, crushing feeling you get when you're out, when you first introduced to the uh, ocean planet. There's these giant royal rolling waves, and there's they feel so big. You don't normally get that with uh, waves uh, that are videoed. I don't know how they ended up getting that feeling so big, but it was great for the most part. I think it does actually kind of, for the most part hold up, and hopefully the uh, new movie can bridge the gaps that were missed. For the fact of how many Debbie Downers we had to talk about, um, I do think that overall it's a film that does still kind of work for an audience, Mm -hmm. even though it's a rough movie. Wow, is it a rough movie? But I think it can still play, but it definitely has the room for allowing a reboot, and uh, I'm eager for that. Yeah, I agree. I would say, if anything, it's, it's important that it exists because it sparks the imagination. And that's exactly what a movie should do. It was lauded as the Bible, sci-fi Bible for the longest time. It feels like something bigger. It feels like something larger. It feels almost like a like a gateway film. Well, that was us pissing in our still suits just to see how it works. 
by watching Dune from 1984. If you would, we'd appreciate it if you, you know, do all them social media things like liking and re- rating and reviewing and commenting and subscribing because, hey, then we know you're watching. Are you out there wa- waiting hey. watching? I Are really hope they're not us? watching. Us. God, I, I'm not. I'm not wearing That's pants. That's kind of creepy. Guys, come on. Dan, then we know you're listening to us. There we go. That's better. <laughs> uh, and then we know all the people who love to go over 80s and 90s nostalgia just like us. So join us next time where we hop on our own sandworms and view the movie Tremors and then talk about it. Yay. <laughs> Drab lights. So come back in two weeks when we rewind Again! I, I'd like to think that the giant uh, reserves of water were actually from genocide of uh, the indigenous people when they stabbed their, their pressure suits and the water leaked into the pools. So I like to imagine that there's thousands and thousands of carcasses just floating around in that pristine life water. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a little bit more haunting. That's what they mean by your water will mix with our water. Yup, exactly, exactly. It, it made me think of diarrhea. <laughs> You're onto something here, Joe. We, we need to make a suit that recycles diarrhea into water to continuously hydrate you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but I like it. I like it a lot. They did it. Their suit does that. So if they just had constant diarrhea, they'd still be alive. No, because that's <laughs> taking water out of your body to put it back in your body. It's, it's, uh, I'm wondering what the exchange rate looks like for that. They said you can keep you alive for... <laughs> three weeks without any water but i'm really wondering how much the exchange rate is for water in versus water out now i'm gonna be thinking about this for the rest of time i I need to know the scientific if you're like what are what are all the parameters of this like if you get sick and do get diarrhea how how much does that affect or impact your 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 time frame of survival (laughs) or if you (laughs) uh if you if you drink something you know caffeinated that that has a lot of caffeine and that that dehydrates you how does how's that impact things i need to know more about this now (laughs) maybe that will get talked about in the reboot probably not to that detail yeah they spend a two-minute exposition talking about the suits and how they they had to test them against diarrhea and everything else (laughs) (laughs) it's the entire movie this is how these suits actually work yeah it's just two hours of them talking about the suits